fact, if you raise your hand in this room, it will see the dance If you could keep playing, uh, you may be seated if you would like, but we are going to go into prayer. might be new for you, and that's why I've asked Allison and Pat to keep playing. I'm going to ask that you just pray out loud where you are, everybody at the same time. You don't have to shout it, but you can whisper it. And know that God hears you. We don't have to be respectful of the person next to us when you pray to God. Because if I'm in Waterbury Center and you're in Graniteville, God hears both of our prayers. If you're up on Spruce Peak or Smuggler's Notch and you're somewhere else, God can hear your prayers at the same time. So, not as you're comfortable, as makes you uncomfortable, whisper a prayer out loud together just declaring our need for Jesus, and then I will lead us in prayer following. Oh, Jesus, you are amazing. And we are grateful that you are not confined to what we think, but you are well beyond what we could ever imagine. And we thank you for the hope that we have in you. 
Father, for the many requests for those that are preparing for memorial services and funerals, be their strength, be their comfort. May they call on your name as Savior. For those still battling disease or receiving a diagnosis that is worrisome, be our peace, be our hope. Father, we thank you for who you are and all that you've done, but even more for the plan that you have for us, that as we follow you, we can live righteously and declare your goodness to others. Jesus, you are so good. We are grateful to worship together in this place. So we say thank you, Father. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. The song, A Thousand Hallelujahs. Does anyone know what the word hallelujah means? In any language, it means praise the Lord. So that's praise the Lord a thousand times upon a thousand times. At this time, we are going to dismiss the children to go outside with Melissa Semperbond and my lovely wife, Bethany Fuller. And so if they just want to congregate in the back, you are dismissed and we will have you return uh, shortly. Um, hopefully you don't need sunscreen, but we are glad the sun is out. I just wanted to share that as you continue to give online, we are just so grateful for your generosity and giving, whether on the uh, Be Generous tab at Hope for Vermont in person, whether Life Group or here or giving online, you can see the addresses there. And we are just so grateful. Not only uh, does that help us reach out to those in need, we just had somebody this week ask if the church could help them in some way. And so we gave them, as is typical, a uh, gift card to one of the local grocery stores, but also Adam, this actually pays him. And by paying him, we don't pay him. We actually reimburse him. So he actually has to front the money and then, you know, we'll try to take care of you. But it allows us to do things to invest in people that invest in us. And so we just thank you for your continued giving in those ways. Um, Last week, we talked about by faith, Hebrews 11, by faith. And so we're going to look at that again this week. This is from the New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see from the King James Version. How many memorized this verse in the King James? Just curious. Some, I mean, I went to a Christian school, so that's what we memorized everything. But now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. From the English Standard Version, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is a confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see, Hebrews 11.1. 1. What is, don't answer out loud because you might get it wrong. You might get it right too, but don't answer out loud. What is the opposite of faith? Don't answer out loud. Just think in your head. What's the opposite of faith? People would say, doubt. No, the opposite of faith is sight. It's sight. It's following what we can see, our experience, what we know. But faith is saying we follow Jesus, who your ways are mysterious. Your ways are higher than our ways. We follow you by faith, not by what we see, not just by what we have experienced, but what your word says, the reality, the substance, the assurance, the confidence that we have in knowing who Jesus is. That's where our faith is placed. Not in what I can figure out, what degree do I have, what experience it's, what do we 
go after? Who do we go after? Jesus. Do you judge yourself on your intention? I intend to do the right thing tomorrow. Or is it, well, I did the right thing today, so God must love me. Or is it the constant direction? I'm moving forward step after step, going in the way of Jesus, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as I mentioned last week, it builds on each other. They were set specifically, strategically, so that we would follow the way, that we would experience the truth, and that we would live the life, that it's not just, I intend to follow Jesus one day, or hey, I lived righteously today, but it's, I'm living the life as I follow Jesus day after day. And we looked at Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He obeyed, not knowing the specifics. He just knew God told me to move. God told me to do this. So I'm going to do this. It's not, well, when my kids get older, like Hannah with Samuel, it's not, uh, when I have things in order, then I'll obey. Or when, when I get more of a reputation, then I'll follow Jesus. It's not knowing where he was going, by faith he obeyed. Maybe God is telling you, calling you, compelling you today that by faith you need to take a step of faith, not what you see, not doubt, but just saying, man, God, you said that the hope is the assurance that you have the best for me. I'm following you. So where are they? Josh and Lee, and I think only Ben is here, but if you guys could come up. Andrew and Laura are outside, but um, just come up. We want to pray for them, and then we're going to pray for you guys after because there's a slideshow that will make you teary-eyed or maybe, but I didn't want to get all teary-eyed before. But uh, as these guys made it public last week, they are moving to Michigan uh, relatively soon. And I just look at this couple Um, I knew Josh's dad way before I knew Josh. Josh's dad volunteered. He was a mentor when I was doing the mentoring. And then he introduced me to Josh, and Josh kind of got interested in mentoring. But Josh married Leah, and Leah grew up going to a Wesleyan church. And then there's this kind of like, huh, the Wesleyan church. And I don't know, Josh, even if you knew what a Wesleyan was. But somehow God led them to this place where then they had Three children, of which we were fortunate enough to dedicate all three kids to the Lord here. And that's going to continue where we pray for you, we think of you. Now, one uh, note where I'm happy, they're moving to Michigan. Michael's in Michigan. Jay's going to college in Michigan. We vacation in Michigan. So this isn't goodbye. This is, hey, I'm going to see you in a couple weeks. So, you know, with your new job, hopefully you can pay for lunch. And so this is what we're excited about. But... um, They did not just come to church, but they started to introduce themselves to the people at church. They started to intersect our church family and say, hey, I want to get involved. I want to engage. And so a few highlights, I guess. Uh, Personally, Josh and Leah ran. I don't know if that's the right word, but they ran the youth ministry. And our, Bethany and my, our children were direct benefactors of that. So on a personal level, we are just so grateful for that. But not only did they do the youth ministry, uh, Josh served on the LAC, the church board. Leah led music, played music, was involved in the music team. These people, this family just got involved. And I am just so grateful because when you're new breaking into a family church, 
because for those that don't know, we were a church of 22 people. 17 of us were related, and uh, that's just what we were. And then Jar started coming. It's like, who are these Fullers, and why is Sharon related to everybody? It's like, I don't know. It is what it is. But they weren't scared off by that. They just got involved, and God just used you guys tremendously, and I just thank you so much. But I've asked Josh, or Josh, uh, not to preach, but to share a few words. I asked Josh if he wanted to preach, and he said probably he declined. But Josh, if you just want to share or be in here. I think Jeff's asked me a few times over the years, and I've always said uh, I'm all good. But I don't mind talking in front of people. I'm very comfortable. But I just appreciate uh, everything everyone's done for us. Uh, it's definitely a family-like church. And yeah, uh, you know, I think we've been here about seven years that I did the math. I, I think that sounds about accurate. So we raised three children here. And, uh, you know, there's nothing but uh, incredible things I've heard, encouraging words, uh, you know, wishing, wishing us well. We're, we're excited about this. Uh, one of us more excited than the other. But uh, I, I think she's whispered Michigan, Michigan over the years, Michigan. And then finally, we caught wind our babysitters moving out to Michigan. So I was like, all right, let's do it. I pushed me over the face. I was like, <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, it, it's it's encouraging. It's an adventure. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I appreciate everyone, uh, you know, being part of our family, uh, our kids, even some days when they're on Outback screaming, yelling. Uh, we're always felt very welcome, very loved. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate everything the Fullers have done. It's, it's been a family and it's been it's been a great time. Um, I just, you know, encourage you guys, you know, that I, I'm, I'm back there. It's a great service. I love I love worshiping with you guys. It's a beautiful day. I don't think I'll tear with the slideshow, but I have yet to be not seen crying in public. So I'll be the first if I do. But anyways, getting off tangent, uh, I just, you know, it's it's just, it's a blessed place. It's a blessed church. It's a mobile church. You guys are going out into the public. You're, you know, you're in a school. We were a part of the beginning of uh, the, uh, camp, the chapel campus, moved to the school. We're going to uh, Davy Hope and going outside and just being part of the community. Um, and, and this is where, uh, you know, Jesus and God calls you guys because uh, a warrior in Vermont right now is 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 critical and important. I'm, you know, mentally uh, transitioning to Michigan, and it's known as the uh, Bible Belt of uh, the Midwest. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm looking forward to it. Great school, great communities. My kids will be a great place to to you know uh, grow with other believers. But there is something to be said here. This is this is um this is where uh, there's a lot of need, and I just encourage you guys to feel that you know it could be down some days, but. Uh, you know, God has you where you are, and uh, there's there's always a reason for it. So I guess with that, I'll pass on. I told Jeff I don't want to preach, but here I am just like preaching. But yes, <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we are, we're going to pray for them uh, after and uh, have cake. And so hopefully you can stay with us for that. Uh, Bethany said, Costco always has sheet cake. And so when I went to Costco yesterday, nothing like last minute, but we wanted fresh cake. They didn't have any sheet cake. So I was like, hey, how about I just buy three and that'll make do. So plenty of variety and uh, glad you were with us. But as I was thinking specifically how to honor the Mugfords, I was reminded of this story that is familiar to many of us that grew up in church. Matthew 25, 14 through 21. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is Jesus telling a parable, a story with a point. And he's saying, a man went on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He said, okay, I'm leaving. Here's some money. I want you to go to work and invest this money. And so he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags to another, and one bag to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on a trip. This story, very familiar. But for me, when I was rereading it, I'm like, 
why did that Joker get five bags and that guy get two? And then the poor guy, he only got one. Like, that's not fair. He only got one. And then I was thinking about Josh McHugh. What are you, a sophomore? Sophomore? It's like, why is this guy, like, built like a tank in 6'3", 6'4"? Like, he has the rest of his life to play basketball, and I'm pushing 5'9". Like, as I get older, I think I'm shrinking. It's like, it is not fair that I have all this basketball knowledge, this basketball experience, this basketball uh, expertness. I don't know if that's a word. And But then I'm like, this tall, and Josh is this tall. It's like, and what's that expression that... Um, energies wasted on the young. Somebody has said that before. It's like, hey, it, it doesn't make sense. And so we begin to get jealous or sometimes we compare and we say, well, Josh and Leah, what a wonderful family. Like they have the gift set. Like uh, they're good with music. They have a great family. They're just so talented. And then we start to look at other people. But at times we look at other people and kind of relegate, well, my one talent, it's not as good as the five talent. So, you know, I'm not going to do anything. When I was the director of mentoring, we said that we wanted to get 250 people to give $25 a month. And that would fund the ministry and whatever that was. And people would come up to me and they said, Jeff, $25, that's all you're asking for? It's like, yeah, but if we had 250 people do it, that'd be awesome. Like, well, $25, like, I'm, I'm going to give 100 but I can't give yet. But when I can afford it, I'm going to give you $100 a month. And I was like, wait, I think you just said, you're not giving me any money. It's like, it sounded good. Like 25 is so low, but it, but give what you have. Know that God's blessed you. He's created us with a purpose, with our identity, that you are complete now, that in your mother's womb, God, Jesus said, like, I have a plan for you. You are special. You can accomplish only what you can do. There's something that you are created in this way to give and to be uh, a part of the family of God, the body of Christ, in a way that only you can. So stop comparing yourselves with others. Maybe you don't, but I certainly do. My sister, like she was really smart in school. My brother, he was really smart in school and good at sports. My sister, she was good at sports or she tried really hard. And so, but she was really smart. And so, and then I come along and I'm like, I, I don't like school and I can pass. And so, hey, that's good enough. And I was so fortunate that my parents never said, why don't you get grades like your brother, get grades like your sister? Because they knew like it was impossible, but then they were nice about it. But it was like, why do you compare? But Sometimes we compare because we look at someone with this talent or this ability and like, well, I can never do that. Well, what can you do? What ability do you have that God wants to use? The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and he earned five more. He doubled his money. Sometimes I think multiplication where I could prove multiplication is greater than addition. Multiplication is greater than addition. And sometimes if he said, hey, you gave me five, I got one. This is great. But the servant with two bags of silver, he also went out to work and earned two more. He doubled. What if, as I mentioned uh, last week, I believe, what if you, God, you prayed to God to give you somebody to invest in this year, this year, and it's going to take more than a year. It's going to take longer than six months, but you just invested in this year. You learn from, you invest in, you learn from, you invest in. Then next year, you both try to find somebody that you can learn from and invest in. That goes from one to two to four to What's 8 to 16 to 32 to 64? It gets cloudy from there. What's 64? 128? 
right? And then after that, I'm lost. But what if we just started to look at how God wanted to use our gifts to multiply? Well, Jeff, that's really crazy. I'm just going to add the little that I have. Well, what if God really meant what he said and what we read, the call to worship that Paul wrote, that he wants to do more than we could ever imagine. He wants to multiply your gift. He wants to multiply this church, not so we can have our own building, not so that we can be seen, oh, they're a good church in Vermont, but so that the community can know that Christians really love them and that God really cares for them. So we can multiply so people are drawn in to know the truth of Jesus. What if that's what mattered? But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Uh, I know a guy, he had, does a basketball thing in Florida, and his slogan is team no shovels. Team no shovels. If you're on my basketball team, I don't care what your talent is, but do not hide your talent. Do not hide your talent. Maybe your talent is being a great practice player where you are an encourager. You clap, you cheer, you just bring everybody up in the locker room and on the bench. However, that's your talent, that's your gift. I have another friend that coaches uh, basketball, and he said it was interesting how he has the best rebounder statistically in the conference. Best rebounder in the conference. This is NAIA small school. They aren't going to go pro after. And the coach said, my best rebounder in the conference wants to become a three-point shooter. And so instead of getting 14, 16 rebounds a game, he gets like eight or nine, and then he shoots a bunch, and there misses, and his teammate doesn't get the rebound. And he said, why aren't you content just being who you are, what you do well, being so excited about how God created you, instead of trying to compare yourself and say, well, if I had a golf swing like Sean, actually, Sean... I like, I like Sean's golf swing, but I don't like how he keeps score because he's too honest. I'm like, uh, swing like that, but uh, give me a mulligan here and there. But why do we compare people and say, like, if I could be like that when God's saying, no, you have a gift, you have your own talent. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account on how they had used their money. This I'm reading into because with parables, it's not historical fact. You can read into a little bit. Don't read in to draw your own conclusion that makes you feel good. Just kind of put yourself in the story so you can see all aspects. There's no place in the story where it says the master was angry. What did you do with my money? How did you make use of the time when I was away? I want to see the profit and loss sheet. He came, hey, you have talents. I recognize the talents. How'd it go? He was encouraging. What'd you do? I want to see what happened. What took place? Like, you know, you've been given this talent. You don't compare it to the others. Like, I believe in you. God believes in the talents you have to multiply those to be used of him. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I earned five more. I doubled your money. I uh, felt good that you had the confidence in me or confidence, assurance, reality, the faith. By faith, we live. By faith, God has invested in us so we can give back to him. And so verse 21, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So, Josh and Leah, you have been faithful serving in this small amount here at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. 
when I read this, I thought of you. Many more responsibilities. Josh, maybe that means triplets or maybe that means twins. I mean, I don't know what that means, but it, it could mean anything. But I just want to encourage you guys that God used you here. But just because you're going to the Bible Belt of the Midwest doesn't mean God can't use you there, doesn't want to use you there. So be open, continue to be open to be filled with God so you can reach out and be used with these different responsibilities. And for us, it is will leave a void. There's a hole. There's part of Beth and I that is just like, oh, because Josh and Leah, they become friends. And whenever friends leave, you have this uh, sense of mourning in a way of like, ah, oh, there's this distance. But we can fill that void. We're still the body of Christ. God is still asking us to invest in others using the talents we have to just see God work in our lives. So we see the fullness, the full picture of who he is, that we are the body of Christ. The local church is a segment of that. Living Hope Wesleyan Church is just a part of that. But we are the body of Christ. We can encourage each other. We can lift each other up. We can rejoice with those that rejoice and say, hey, Leah, I am so happy that you get to go to be close to your family. I'm so glad that you get this experience and we can be happy for them. We don't have to say, well, I wish they were loyal to the Vermonters. Because what does that do? Nothing good. But we can rejoice with those that rejoice. And for those that mourn, we can say, hey, it is a loss. But how can we pray together? How can we send gift cards to Laura and Andrew and Benjamin, how as they grow up, they still remember that they were dedicated in this local church and this local church hasn't forgotten about them. But we pray and we intercede and we call God just to bless them and encourage them. How can we make intentional steps to show people we love them? There is a right way to leave a local church and a wrong way to leave a local church. And they are leaving in a great way with a blessing of the congregation, with friendship still strong, with prayer still intertwined in what we do and how we think and what we view. The history of this local church, it includes Josh and Leah Mugford, and that is a good thing. The history of this local church includes you. How are you going to invest the talent God created you with to see his kingdom grow? Not our castle, but God's kingdom. How are we investing? Will we have it said? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Don't be offended. I mean, yeah, I'm excited that we're no longer 17 cousins meeting with 22 people on a Sunday morning. But I also realize that God has us in a place where we can be as witnesses where we live, where we work, where we vacation, and where we hope to go. God wants us to live him so that he can give us many more responsibilities, and in him we celebrate together. We celebrate together because God is good. When you are given money, churches, and I think because it's biblical, not just because churches are greedy, some are, but I digress, churches are supposed to tell you what scripture says, which says, be a good steward of what God gives you, whether it's finances, whether it's talents, or whether it's people. I hope that Josh and Leah can say, our time here, we felt like the church stewarded us, or handled us, or loved us very well. 
And I hope that's what you feel and we can say about others that come into this place that we did not try to take advantage. We did not say, hey, you're talented so you can burn out for us and rest somewhere else. But we are good stewards of what God gives us, whether it's money, whether it's talent, or whether it's people. So Josh and Leah, I'll ask you to come up again, and we're going to pray for them. So I'm going to ask the LAC if you guys could come on up, and anybody else that would like to. We're just going to pray uh, over them. Adam, if you'd uh, come up as well. And um, there are others that probably want to come up. Feel free to come up and lay hands and pray on them, uh, pray for them. So uh, for some that might not be aware of this practice, we are just symbolizing that we are unified as Christians, asking God for his presence and his power to continue to bless them. So there's nothing special in laying on of hands. It's nothing like mystical. It's just like, hey, we agree that God wants to do something in your life. So um, I'm going to shut this off. And I'm looking at Stacy. I hope you know, like, I'm going to ask you to pray first. So um, I'm going to ask Stacy to lead us a few or a couple people pray just for this family and then I will close. But Stacy, if you would just begin in this prayer.